Well, good morning, Aces Fabulous. Great that you guys can join us on this special, special Father's Day. Today, as we just celebrate the fathers in our lives and the people that have meant so much to us. And uh, I thank all you for joining us, and especially the dads. Happy, happy Father's Day. Our prayer is that this will be the year of more than enough in your life. I pray that this will be the year where God just pours out His richest blessings upon you as a dad. And uh, more than that, I just really trust that you find yourself at the feet of Jesus more than you ever have in the years past. Um, just before we get started with our sermon this morning though, um, I just want to mention a few things. Just remember from next week, our church will be open for two services on a Sunday morning. Our first service is going to be at 0830, half past eight, and then our second service will be at 1030, but you have to book a place. As you know, the government regulations says that we can only have 50 people in the building, and so it's crazy as what this sounds like, buying a movie ticket, we actually have to book a space. So you'll see on the top of your screen, there will be a number, and you just have to name, WhatsApp your name to that number, and once you WhatsApp your name to that number, we will then send you a link that you need to complete with all your details and your symptoms to make sure that you're 100% alright and that you're strong enough to attend church and then we will send out on a Thursday or Friday confirmation of whether you're in the service or not. Um, but please make a special effort to attend those two services at 8.30 like I said and at 10.30 service. So remember that. Also remember that we wear masks. You have to wear your mask in the building. You have to wear your mask when you arrive and you have to wear your mask when you leave the building. And so it's very important that we adhere to government regulations. For those that don't know, we also have a family church mask made. And so they're 50 rand each. And if you want to purchase a mask, then you can come to the church on Sunday or you can buy it during the week. And next week we'll be open in our office. We'll be open on Mondays and Thursdays and between 9 and 12. So you can pop in and come purchase your mask there as well. And then also don't forget Wednesday Madness is an exciting slot every Wednesday night where we just introduce leaders to you, introduce who we are as a church, and this week we're going to be introducing the staff to you, all of them. And so um, please join us on Wednesday night at Hope by Seven, you're going to love it. Um, you're going to know a little bit more about the staff and what makes them tick and what makes them think. And uh, I trust that we're just going to have a good time in the presence of God. But before we get started, let us just open up your prayer this morning to thank God for His goodness. Father, we want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you that you are our ever Father, that even as we will celebrate Father's Day today. May we celebrate with joy in our hearts towards you because you're a good, good father. I pray for every father out there tonight or today. Lord, that your presence may be upon them. I pray for a year of more than enough in their lives. I pray for a year of wisdom and discernment. And I pray that even as they lead their families spiritually, Father, in the season, that you would just have your hand upon them and just protect them and guard them and keep them safe. And every other person that's online this morning and, and in the church, I pray that you just fill us with your spirit more and more each and every day. May we see revival come as we've been praying for for years. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As pastors, every year there are certain days that mean the world to us. And, and every Sunday means the world to us. But there are, there are certain days that we celebrate that we have to eat deeper. At Easter and New Year um, services and Christmas services and Ascension Day, Mother's Day and like today, Father's Day. And every year we're going to come up with a, with a, with a sermon that will just really encourage the Father, the father just encourage them just to, to keep on keeping on, just be who God has called them to be. And this year has been the strangest Father's Day I think we've ever experienced in our lives. Nowhere or never did we think that we would be sitting with a COVID-19 epidemic all over the world. We never thought that everything would be shut down from sporting to churches to 
cinemas to restaurants, everything shut down. We didn't realize that we'd be stuck in a house. I think we came for 90 days or something now in this lockdown in stage three or level three lockdown. And so it's been an interesting year for many fathers. And I think speaking to the fathers this morning, you guys are going to say to me, you know, it's probably been one of the toughest years of our lives, the far toughest years of being a dad. You know, everything for us has changed. And, and we just found that during this time, we've, we've had to spend so much more time with our family than we ever had before. We've been in lockdown and we've had to really get to know each other, really just spend time almost getting to know each other all over again. And it's been an exciting season for many. For many, it's been a draining season. As, as parents, we've, we've had um, teachers, and most of you, you love your teachers right now. You won't say another bad word about teachers right now. Um, but you've had to teach your kids, and you've had to do online school, and, and all these kinds of things. And it's been totally different for most dads. We just go to work and come home, and we just trust that the wife's going to do all these things. And as we've been speaking, to so many men, they've been saying, well, you know what, we've had to do maths with our child today, and we've had to do schoolwork, and so it's been a really encouraging time for them. You know, financial pressures have hit us, and job situations have hit us, and we don't know how we're going to get through this thing, or how we're going to face the next few months ahead of us. Many of us have been challenged in our marriages, and uh, marriage has been a big thing. We've probably never spent that much time together, even though we've been married 20, 30, 40 years. We've never had... Three, two or three months time spending together and really getting in each other's faces. And so even our marriage has taken a challenge. Even our way we, we, we look at marriage has changed. Even the way we handle each other has changed. Even the way we handle arguments, all these kinds of things have changed. How we deal with our kids, how we deal with our kids' discipline has changed. How we deal with our finances has changed. And more than anything, how we deal with our church life and how we deal with God in our lives has become an interesting, interesting season in our lives. Because many of us can watch an online service and many of us can just, you know, read the Bible and do our things. But I really believe that this is not a season that has come to destroy us, but I think it's a season that has come to improve us, a season that has come to strengthen us, a season that has brought out the best and the worst. I think in most of us, and as a husband, as a father, and as a grandfather, and as a leader, you know, this has by far been the most challenging year of my life. Never did I ever think that I would not just be making decisions for my family or for my grandchildren or for, for my friends. But I've been having to make decisions for a large family, and that's the Oasis family, the, the hundreds and hundreds of you guys that attend church every single week and all our little churches around. We've had to make the hard calls, and we've had to make calls like a father thinks, in a sense. We couldn't just make a call because of finances. We couldn't make a call because, well, we just wanted to get together. We had to, as leaders, make hard, hard decisions this year. And one of the hardest things for us was that we had to close down church. One of the hardest things was for us that the only contact we had with you guys was over the phone or over a Skype call or over a video of a Zoom call or whatever it might be. And so this year has been totally, totally different for so many of us. And it's, and it's pushed us into a whole new realm. And even though for me it's been probably the most stressful time of my life. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that because I want sympathy this morning. I think we need to be honest with ourselves and honest with each other. And for all of us, this has been an incredibly difficult season. A season where we feel like we're winning one day and we lose the next day. Where one day things are all falling into place and the next day it feels like everything is falling apart. And I know for many men out there, for many husbands and many fathers and many marriages out there, we've gone through an incredible lot of challenges. We've had to make really hard decisions. We've, we've had to bite our tongue. 
And I think a lot of time during the last 90 days, I think we've been in quarantine, you know, our chink in our armor, you know, has been uh, exposed, our flaws in our character has come out. And often, I think, we've almost lost our testimony um, just through frustration and, and not being able to do what we normally do, go where we normally go, meet who we normally meet, spend time with who we normally spend time with. And uh, this week I just listened to um, Sir Ramaphosa give his uh, Dress of the Nation again and just changing some things in Level 3. And he spent a lot of time on gender-based violence. And I just listened to him as he spoke about women and children that have been murdered and, you know, raped and the craziness that's going on in our country. And he really went at the men of the country in such a way that I at one stage felt almost embarrassed to be a South African man. But right in that moment, it's like the Holy Spirit reminded me and just said something to me quickly in my heart. He says, remember something, Kurt. You're a child of God before you're anything else. You're a child of God before you're anything else. And I had to step back and go, you know what? I know a lot more good husbands and good fathers than I know good, bad husbands and bad fathers. I know a lot more husbands and fathers that treat their family like gold and people that treat their family horrible. And so what he's really speaking about is a very, 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 very small minority of men that are just not behaving like men. And on this Father's Day, there are families in many in our church that have lost a dad this week. And, and this is their first Father's Day without their dads. And when our dads disappear, when our dads pass away, you know what it takes a toll on each and every one of us? There, there's such an expectation on us as fathers. And, and often we, we, people expect us you know, to be the providers, to be the protectors, to be the friends to those in need, to be the strong godly leaders, to be the spiritual head of the home. And there's a lot of responsibility that comes with taking care and being a dad. And I think I don't want to dismiss that at all this morning. And moms, please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that mothers um, is a lesser job. I will get told you guys on Mother's Day and I will have a special Mother's Day service for you. But I really want to focus on the dad's day because I know how challenging it's been for me as a father, how challenging has been for me as a leader of this church, how challenging has been for me as a husband to navigate the season and not impose the fear or the challenges or the uncertainty that I'm carrying onto my family. That as men, our family see us as the strong one, the one that will provide, the one that will make us safe, the one that will keep us safe, the one that will journey the road with us and help us. And I know not all fathers are like that, and, and not all of us have perfect fathers, not all of us have fathers that do these kinds of things for us. But I especially believe that this year has been more challenging being a dad than ever before. We forget about the facts, and we forget about almost the, the reasoning why God has called us to do what He's called us to do. And, and I strongly believe, without a shadow of a doubt in my heart, that when God thinks about a child, He handpicks those parents. And it's up to those parents to decide whether they become good parents or bad parents. But I believe every father is appointed to us. And I'm just one of those guys that believe that thing, that God gave me the very best. And what my dad did with fatherhood um, affects my life and it affects those around me. And I want to encourage every father out there today. This is the time for you to be the best that you can be. There is so much turmoil in the world out there. There's so much drug abuse. There's so much violence out there at the moment. There's so much death happening out there at the moment. And this has to be the year that you rise above the situation. And I know it's not easy. 
Hy nou is nou easy handless pressure, hy nou is nou easy laying awake at night and thinking how we gonna pay the bills into this month, how we gonna feed the family, what are we gonna do about schooling, what are we gonna do about our marriage. It's not like we can just pop in, go see counsellors and just go speak to the pastor because we're going to hardship. This year has been a year where we've had to personally endure as fathers. A year where we've had to spend time with ourselves. And as we spend time with ourselves this year, that God has drawn some stuff out of us. And we mustn't take for granted what God has been doing in this season. Because let me tell you something, that when Cyril Ramaphosa spoke, he spoke about the men of the country and what was happening, is the, the one thing that God kept on saying to me was this, is Kurt, remember, I've made you more than enough. And I've made you to be Kurt Sutton. He never made me to be anybody else. He didn't make me to be someone else's father. He didn't make me to be someone else's husband. He didn't make me to be someone else's friend. He made me for who I am and he has placed those people around me for a purpose and for a plan and for a reason. And I've got to grab a hold of that reason. In this tough season, I've got to rise above the situation. I've got to rise above what is happening around me. And I've got to be the one that keeps my family safe. I watch so many fathers on, on Facebook, posting the most negative stuff and the apocalypse and World War Three and all these kinds of things. And I often think, what do their kids think when they're reading these kinds of things? And I'm not hammering on your dads. All I'm saying is that we need to have wisdom and discernment in this season. Because whether you like it or not, your children are going to become like you. Whether your kids like you or not, they still look up to you for guidance. They look up to you in how you react to situations. They look to you at how you treat their mother. They look at how you treat his brother and his sister. They look at you and how you treat strangers and people around you. And we are the example to our children. So often we miss the fact and or the understanding that God just did not give us a child to raise, but who we raising is going to be someone's father one day and it's going to be someone's husband one day. The girls we raise are going to be someone's mom and someone's wife one day. And if we just get to become short-sighted and say, well, you know what, I just need to get these kids out of my house by the age of 18 and they need to get out of this place because the we can go on honeymoon, then we've missed the mark completely in the calling and the purpose for our lives. You see, so often as dads, we want to we wanna, we wanna do all this, the good stuff, like make money and be able to buy our kids this and buy our kids new shoes and new techies and bicycles and, and what have you. And often we find ourselves trying to live our lives through our children. That when we fell short as youngsters, we want to live it through and we just give and we give and we give. And we don't understand that when we just give without consequence, when we give simply because we just want to be the cool dad, that that young man and that young woman that you're mentoring right now, that you're fathering right now, is going to become just like you. I've said this before, and, and those of you that know me, that I've never had to teach my kids how to argue like me or Chantal, but they do. My son walks like me. I've never said to him, well, boy, this is the way that you need to walk. This is the way you need to react to situations. No. He learned, and she learned, Jessica learned, all the things by watching the way that I act, the way that I respond to situations, the way that I respond to crisis in my life, the way that I respond to sickness, the way that I respond to disease, the way that I respond to their mother. And so I want to say to you dads this morning, the gift that God has given you in fatherhood is one of the most amazing gifts that God has ever given us. He gives us this, this, these youngsters that are basically a ball of clay in our hands and we get the opportunity to mold them 
And, 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 a, and a sign of a good father is simply this, that his kids are better than him. That is my goal, that my kids become better than me. It doesn't matter what it is, it doesn't matter if it's sport, it doesn't matter if it's preaching, it doesn't matter if it's worship, it doesn't what it is. I want them to be better than me. I want them to excel in what I give them. That doesn't matter what I give them, I want them to take it. And as they take it, I want them to build them and I want to nurture them. And like a plant, I want to give them the right fertilizer and the right amount of water and the right amount of sunlight. Why? Because we want to see, we see them become the very best that they could be. You see, I want to take this minute actually to congratulate you dads out there. Being a father myself and being a grandfather, like I said, this has been the toughest season of our lives. And, and you know, I have spoken to so many men over the last few months, over the last few weeks, and you guys, I want to say this to you, have done a great job. Well done. I know it feels like things are falling apart for you. I know it feels like every situation just overwhelming you right now. But you have overcome more than you've ever overcome in your life. You've risen to the occasion that, that the world has put in front of you. You stood strong, you stood firm, you've been resilient, you've protected your family, you've taken care of your family, you provided for your family, you become a man of prayer, you become a man of power. And guess what? You're still standing. In spite of everything that is going on around us, you are still standing. And, and wives out there, and moms out there, you know what, I, 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 hear me here. But praise goes a long way. And I think if, if women know the burden that so many men carry, that if you just take two minutes a day to say, you know what, I, I really want to thank God that you're in my life. I really want to thank God for what you've gone through. I want to thank God that you've kept us safe. I want to thank God that you provided for us. I want to thank God that, that God gave you to this family. Because there's nothing better in the world than receiving that better in the world than receiving praise from those that you love and those that love you. You see, I want to share a story with you today about a hero in the Bible. And his name is Jairus. And I want you to turn to Matthew, I'm sorry, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to be reading from verse 21. And I'm going to skip a couple of, of, of verses there. But I want you to bear with me. And as you bear with me, um, I just want you to hear what the Spirit of God has to say to each and every one of you this morning. I'm going to read from verse 21. And now when Jesus had crossed over again by, the, by a boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered around him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came. His name was Jairus. Now you can understand that he was the ruler of the synagogue, so in today's terms, Jairus would have been like the senior pastor of a church. Now you can understand something, that, that because he was a religious leader, Jairus had a completely different belief system to what Jesus was believing. They had set things in place, the Jewish law had to be worked a certain way, um, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they all had their different ways. And so he was the leader, in a sense, of this massive movement in the temple. And so he was the main guy. He was the guy that was in charge. And we find this guy seeks out Jesus. And behold, one of the rulers, I'm going to pick it up again, one of the rulers of the synagogue came to him, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be healed, and she will live. When I read the story, we can just 
brush over the story very quickly and just think, oh, well, you know, it's just a dad in need. But we need to stand understand a few things this morning. Jairus was a leader. Jairus was a leader of many people. Jairus was a father. Jairus was a husband. But more than that, Jairus was a man that believed in something that was contrary to what Jesus believed in at the time. And, and, and I must, for, as a father, think that before Jairus came to Jesus, he must have had his child at the doctor. He must have had a, at a healer. He must have sacrificed, as we were the Jewish customs during those times. He must have had the religious leaders of the day come and pray over their do these daughter. He must have cried out to God and all these kinds of things. This seeking out Jesus must have been his last chance. And we've got to understand something that we're reading in the context here that Jesus had just crossed over. There was this massive crowd. This is not Jairus coming to Jesus by himself. This is not Jairus sneaking around the corner saying, Hey Jesus, I just need some help. No, this is the leader of the synagogue that walks through this massive crowd. Why? Because he's desperate. And he walks through this massive crowd and he doesn't even call out to Jesus. The word of God says that he falls on his face at Jesus' feet and he begs Jesus. Now, now let's just think about this for a minute because if any of his followers had been there, Jairus would have probably lost his job. Bar Jairus was a guy that had probably had a certain lifestyle and dressed a certain way and believed certain stuff and, and had to do certain things a certain way because of Jewish customs. And so he was a well-known man at the time. He was the leader of thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the synagogue. And all of a sudden, all these people that are around Jesus sees this leader come towards Jesus. And what does he do? The word says that he humbles himself in such a way that he throws himself at the feet of Jesus. And he starts to beg Jesus. And he says to Jesus that my daughter is on the brink of death. Jesus grabs Jairus' hand and, and in a sense they say, well, let's go. Let's, let's go to your house. And, and you can go read and that's a whole, a whole different um, story. But as Jairus and Jesus are busy walking down the road to Jairus' house, we, hear, we know about the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. And we know that Jesus is walking through the crowd. And as Jesus is walking through the crowd, Jesus stops. He says, someone touched me. And, and in that moment, the disciples say, oh, but you know, Lord, um, there's, there's, there's hundreds of people touching you. And Jesus said, no, no, you don't understand. Power has left me. And Jesus stops. Now, I want you to get the mental picture here. Because Jesus stops and he deals with this woman and he first listens to this woman's whole medical history about the doctors and the money that she spent and how many years she had had this issue of blood. And as a father, I, I read this passage and I thought, wow, if my daughter was dying and, and I now found Jesus on, on the shore and I thrown myself in front of him and I begged Jesus to, to please come and heal my daughter. And here comes this woman and stops Jesus on his way to Jairus' house to heal his daughter, and all of a sudden takes up all this time. I can imagine the anxiety that must have been in Jairus' heart. You and I know that, and I'm a very um, impatient person, so I, I understand this a little bit, but it must have been so challenging for him just to stand there and allow Jesus to do what he, does, what he did, and still in the back of his head thinking, well, if Jesus doesn't hurry up, you know, I think, I don't think my daughter's going to make it. 
I really don't think she's going to make it. And in them telling the story, in verse, in verse 35, in chapter 5, it carries on like this. And while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler's synagogue's house and said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? And so the worst news that a father can hear is that your daughter has passed away. Jairus must be standing and thinking, Yari is the only man in the world that can heal my daughter. Yari is a woman that has an issue of blood for 12 years. Couldn't she have just waited another day? Couldn't she have caught him coming out of Jairus' house? Couldn't have Jesus said, listen, I'm going to get to you now. Or, you know, I speak to John and make an appointment. And when I'm finished with Jairus' daughter, I'm going to come and I'm going to come sort you out. But his worst fear is realized that as he's standing with the one that is able to heal his daughter, the news comes that his daughter's died. Now, at this point, you've got to get this, is that Jairus has basically sacrificed everything that he had. He probably sacrificed his position in the synagogue, his lifestyle, his wealth, his, his authority that he had over people, his followers. Everyone was thought, here's our leader, and now he's bowing, bowing down to this guy from Nazareth, and now his daughter's dead, and what has he got left? The word says that the people came and said, stop wasting the teacher's time because there's absolutely nothing that can be done. And verse 6 says this, And as soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. We brush through so much of Scripture. We brush through so much of, of what the Word of God says. Because if you and I are honest and we place ourselves in Jairus' position that he has found Jesus, he has now taken Jesus to his house, this woman has now interrupted them, yell these people come and say, spray boots, I'm sorry, your daughter's dead, stop worrying about bringing the teacher. And Jesus looks at Jairus and he says to him, don't be afraid, only believe. And the word carries says, and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter and James and John and a brother of James. And so he must be walking and he's thinking, well, it's too late. Jesus is coming. I wonder if it's even worth the fact that Jesus has to come. I wonder, will it help? Because you're dead. There's actually nothing more that he can do. And for me, Jairus is a real hero in my life and in my thinking. Because real heroes are people that are prepared to give up everything of theirs to make sure that other people are okay. To make sure that other people receive the very best. Jairus put everything, his career, everything on the line simply because he loved his daughter so much that he didn't want to lose her. Now those of you that have lost a child, you know what that pain feels like. You know what the pain feels like of having to sit next to that body and you know she's never coming back. And Jairus must have been so despondent at that point in his life. He must have really thought, man, you know, I'm just going to give up on this thing right now. And yet Jesus says to him, don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe in me. And I believe that is a word for so many of you fathers out there today. Don't be afraid. Just believe. You see, I know things aren't looking great out there at the moment. And I don't know, and you don't know, and, and, and I don't think anybody knows what the future holds. We don't know when this virus is going to disappear. 
and we can see death all around us and, and we're losing family members, not just family members, but our finances are collapsing. You know, our marriages are going through turmoil. Our kids, they don't even know if they love us anymore. You know, school year, what our kids are going to do the whole grade over again next year? Or they're just going to put them through what's going to happen to our economy? We've got so much that seems to be dead right now. And yet to you fathers out there, I want to reiterate the words that Jesus said to Jairus. This hero that was prepared to give up everything for his family and seek Jesus. And I want to leave this word with you. Don't be afraid. Just believe. You see, when we prepared to give up who we are and put our faith in Jesus Christ and put our hope in Jesus Christ, everything will change in your life and in my life. As South African men, and not just South African men, I think as men all around the world, we have this, this, this thing in us that we believe that we can fix anything. We put together a, a, a cot and we refuse to look at the instructions. We will install a car audio system and we refuse to look at the instructions. We know what we're doing. And at a time like this, we got to a place where we don't know what we're doing anymore. And when we get to a place where we don't know what we're doing, anxiety and stress and frustration and bitterness and anger, um, and, and all these things start to come out in us, things that we haven't felt for so many years, because why we're frustrated, more than being frustrated, we don't know what the future looks like. And you know us men, we like to know what the future looks like. We need to have a plan in place. We need to know where we're going. We need to know where our salary is coming from. We need to know that our family is going to be okay. We need to know that our wives are going to be okay. We need to know that our work and our job situations are secure. And yet we find ourselves in the same situation as Jairus. The thing that has meant the most to him has now passed away. And yet Jesus says to him, don't stress. If you would just believe. I believe the world needs a lot more heroes. I believe the world needs a lot more men and a lot more dads that are prepared to give up whatever it is they need to give up to make sure that the people around them and their families are okay. You see, it's not these things that we're going to take with us to eternity one day. What's really going to matter at the end of the day is who we are and what we've done and what we've accomplished and what we've and, and what we've done with what God has given you and I in our lives. A writer, a Christian writer by the name of Peter Faulkner, um, he wrote a book called Achieving Success Without, Without Failing Your Family. And he, he put these statistics in this book, and, and I just want to read them to you um, quickly. And he said this, that if a father and a mother attend church together, 72% of their children will attend church one day when they grow up. If a father by himself attends church, that number drops to 55%. That if a dad goes to church, that 55% of their kids will one day follow Jesus. The statistics is even worse that when you take the father out and a mother attends church by herself, they say the statistics that only 15% of our children would come to the knowledge of Jesus. It's an interesting thought. And now we understand a little bit clearly why God has called you and I to be the spiritual head of the home. That fathers, this is not just about how much money you earn or what car you drive or, or where you live or, or what does your house look like or what clothes do you wear. That there's a greater calling upon your life and it's those that are around you 
that matter is those that are around you that are true value to you. Because I promise you that, that the banks can take away your car, the banks can take away your house, and the banks can take away all your possessions. At the end of the day, when, when the pauper hits the fan, family is the thing that matters. And I want to say to you dads today, fear not. Just believe in Jesus. Believe that he can do the impossible in your life. I know times are tough. I know it feels like a world's falling apart around us. But I've got to find myself more and more falling at the feet of Jesus. And Kurt Sutton has to realize more and more that I cannot fix everything. That there are things that are out of my control. Just like Jairus, his daughter's sickness was out of his control. There was nothing he could do except to fall at the feet of Jesus and beg for help. Imagine what this world would look like if dads didn't have to turn to drugs and alcohol, to pornography, to affairs, to the craziest of things out there, if they just took their time and fell at the feet of Jesus every time a crisis hits us. That we don't try and escape a situation, but we want to deal with that situation. And, and I want to leave just 10 thoughts with you in closing today as fathers, 10 ideas that have been running through my head for the last couple of days. And, and I want to just read these thoughts to you. And I want to speak to you men this morning. And I want to speak to you fathers. And I want to say to you this morning, firstly, I need to say that you're more than enough. That never set yourself short. Never think that you cannot do the impossible. Never think that things are too much for you. You, in Jesus' eyes, are more than enough. Be a man that finds himself, as I said now, a man that constantly finds himself at the feet of Jesus whenever a crisis hits. Be that man. I, I watched a, a movie the other day, and as a family, we had a chat about it afterwards. Not exactly about what I saw, but in this movie, I, I saw a mom and a dad in the driveway just sitting, holding hands, just praying, and, and their kids walked through the window. And just looked out the window and saw mom and dad just praying. They were going through a terrible time and the town had closed down and people losing their jobs and people moving away. And in the time of crisis, they started to get into each other's faces and the kids saw this. But the next thing that the kids saw were the two of them sitting in the driveway holding hands praying. And I thought to myself, that's the kind of legacy that I want to leave behind for my son and my daughter. That whenever they think about crisis and hard times, they think about manliness. I mean, whenever mom and dad went through hard times, there was one thing I always remember they did. They would hold hands and they would pray. Be a man that finds yourself at the feet of Jesus. Again, as Jesus said, do not be afraid. Only believe. Only believe that God can do the impossible in your life. Also, just understand something. That God's delay is also not an answer that is no. Just because Jesus was delayed for a few minutes with a woman of issue of blood, it did not stop the fact that Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. And I think for many of you, you become so frustrated because we're in our kind of people, especially as dads. We want to pray about stuff and, and we want God to do it now. We don't understand that just because there's no answer for a week or two or three, it does not mean that he said no. That God's delay is not a no, but it's required for a specific time and for a specific season. You see, as dads, You've got to understand that you're a legend. You're a legend to your family. You're a legend to your kids. You're a legend to those around you. You're a hero to the people around you. And every hero and every legend 
has to leave behind a legacy. And the legacy that you and I leave behind is our children. That is the legacy that you and I will leave behind. Our kids will continue the race for us. Because there's going to come a time in our lives where we need to hand over the baton and say, son, daughter, you know what, my time has come, but it's time for you to run. And often I wonder what that legacy looks like. I'll tell you something, I, I have messed up more than probably most fathers in my life. I've said the worst things that any father could have said. I <coughs> probably have not cheated my kids' mom in those early days as, 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 as well as I should have. But I know there's one thing that I'm working on desperately, and that is a legacy. And just not a legacy for my kids, but for spiritual sons and daughters around me, that when I leave this earth, they're going to be better off than when they were before they met me. You see? I had to come to the place of realizing that not everything is about me. Not everything is about me. And I want to say this to you dads, you don't always have to be right. And you don't always have to have the answers for everything around you. You need to take that pressure off yourself. Because you can only be the true you when you allow God to do what He needs to do in your life. And that you don't get caught up in all the what-ifs, and, and I, I'm going to be like my dad, and, and I, I'm going to treat my wife like this, and I'm going to do this. You're not your father. You're not your grandfather. You're not your great-grandfather. You're not your uncle. You, the Word of God says, is wonderfully and uniquely made. The Word of God says He knows you by name, and you found favor in His sight. And so there's a special calling upon your life not to be anybody else, but to be the man that God has called you to be. You've got to understand something that you want to improve on your legacy. And I know my dad wanted me to do better than him. And my dad sits back there and he looks at his daughter and he looks at my brother and he looks at me. And, and, and we've achieved more than my dad. But the responsibility comes on us and as a family because we want our kids to achieve more than we've even achieved in this life. You see, we need to become a man that still believes that God can do the impossible. And it's, a, it's an interesting statement there. Because often I ask myself, how much do we really believe? Do we really believe that God can do the impossible? That when that word came to Jairus that his daughter wasn't, was dead, how many of us would have simply just said, Jesus, don't worry about it, and walked off? How many of us would have raged with anger? How many of us would have lashed out at Jesus? How many would have called him a, a, a heretic? How many of us would have criticized his behavior? How many would have lost it because we didn't get our own way? And yet if we are men that believe that God can do the impossible, just not men but women, that God can do the impossible in our life, that time doesn't matter. That if we place something in His hands, you know what happens? That He can bring everything to life again. You know there's a lot of things men that you think is dead in your life. Maybe your marriage you think is dead. Maybe your relationship with your kid is dead. Maybe your job situation is dead. Maybe you think your business is dead and it's not going to make it. But you know what? Jesus looked at the little girl and simply said to her, Rise. And as a dad, stop calling everything dead. Because it's not dead until God says it's dead. And I want you to trust God that it doesn't matter if it's your business or your marriage of your children or whatever it is that you're going through that you feel has, will never work and it's never going to last that God would kill it in instant like this. I want to say this to you. I want you to become the father you've always wanted. I want you to become the father that you've always desired. 
And you need to sit down and write down, what does a real dad look like to you? What kind of father would you have loved to have grown up with? What would you have loved your father to do differently? What is it that you need to do differently in your life right now? Because I really believe with all my heart that you need to become the father that you want to be. And I want to say this to you quickly. And it's the old slogan that says, when the tough gets going, the going gets tough. You've made it this far. You're not a failure. You're not a, a dropout. You're not a bad father. You're not a bad husband. Yes, we've been through our ups. Yes, we've been through our downs. Yes, we don't know what the future holds. But we know one thing. Who holds the future? And his name is Jesus Christ. And I want to bless you this Father's Day. I want to challenge you on every one of these points. I want you to be a Jairus. I want you to be the father, the husband, that whenever times get tough, you're prepared to give up everything to make sure that your family is okay. I want you to be the Jairus that will seek out God simply because He is the only one that can help us. I want you to be a Jairus that didn't run off and throw a temper tantrum because his daughter died, but he believed because he was a Jesus that everything can turn around. And I want you to be a Jairus that rejoices when his daughter raised from the dead and he looked at Jesus and he just knew that Jesus was more than enough for every situation. When you commit yourself to Jesus, when you become a man that spends time at his feet, that when you're a man that, that believes in his timing, his, that his timing is perfect, things will change in your life. And I want to say this in closing, men. Never, ever, ever think that you're weak to say you're sorry. I've had to say sorry many times in my life. I've had to say sorry to my kids. I've had to say sorry to my leaders. I've had to say sorry to my loved ones. I've had to say sorry to my family members. I've had to say sorry to friends for the things that I've done and the things that I've said. And I've got to that place in my life right now where I don't need to justify my bad behavior anymore. If I need to say sorry, I want to say sorry. And I really feel right now, even as I stand here, that the Holy Spirit is just stirring me to just push you in that direction. Because let me tell you something, that once you apologize, I believe that God will do the impossible in your situation. God will do the impossible in your life. And God will do the impossible in your marriage. And God will make you the father of many. The father of many. Is that not what you want to become? Remember, become the father that you always wanted to be. And I pray that you guys will have an awesome day. I know your kids have probably got breakfast and lunch already for you. And mom's been working and slaving away to make sure that this is a special Father's Day. So I want you to thank them as well. But more than anything, I want you to enjoy this day. I want you to relax. I want you to put your feet up and just think about what I spoke about this morning. Because not only just do we believe that you can do this thing that God has called you to do, but God believes that you can do the impossible. Why? Because he knows that in Christ Jesus, you are more than enough. We love you guys. Have an awesome day. But let us, before we close, just close in prayer. Father, I pray a fresh anointing upon every man. I pray every father right now that is listening, that is tuning in. And I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would come in power, that you would come in might, that you would come with healing in your wings, that you would come and bind together marriages that are broken, that you would restore relationships between father and son and daughter. I want to pray, Father, that anything that has separated us from you, 
we repent of right now as men and as women. And we pray that we may come into your presence. May we be a child that will seek you out, that will hunt you down, because we know that you're the only answer for us. And so come and have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys and have an awesome Father's Day. Don't forget you can give online and our banking details are on the, the, the page as the, the broadcast ends. If you want to drop your child's cards at the church, we will be there Monday and Thursday next week from 9 to 12. But bless you guys. We pray God's richest blessing upon you. Those that are worried, you know, drop me a WhatsApp. Drop me a little message. Say, hey, Kurt, I really need prayer. Let us pray for you during the season. Let us stand together because I know that we are going to overcome. And we're going to be stronger than we've ever been before. In Jesus' name, bless you guys.